Welcome to Pursuit Church Mornington Podcast with Pastor Brian Carden. The message you're about to hear will help you build your faith in Christ and grow in the knowledge of His will. Let's go right into the message. I want you to read this with me in verse 1. It says, And in that day, thou shalt, O Lord, or shalt say. You see that? It says, And in that day, you will say. Everybody say, I will say. You see that? So it says you need to say something. You see that? So then it goes on to say, oh, Lord, what is he going to say? Oh, Lord, I will praise thee. Then it tells us, it says, thou, thou was angry with me, thine anger is turned away, and thou comfortest me. Look in verse 2, though. Behold, God is my salvation. So this is what he's saying. Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. For the Lord... Jehovah is my strength, my psalm. He also is become my salvation. Verse 3. Therefore, with joy. Everybody say joy. joy. Come on, say it again. Joy. With joy. You, or we, shall draw out, we'll draw water out, we'll draw out of the wells of salvation. You see that? I like to think of it like this. Joy is your bucket for drawing out of the well of salvation. Joy is a bucket to draw out of God's grace that he's provided for you in salvation. Joy. Think about it. You ever seen a well before? Huh? Maybe you have actually drawn water out before of a well, out of a well. And how did they do that? They used a bucket, something, something that dipped down and lowered it down and dipped down in that water and drew it out. And the Bible says that we do that, we go into that place receiving the benefit of salvation, the bucket that we draw out of that is joy. You see that? Now, John chapter 7, look with me just for a second, John chapter 7. Now, that's one point, amen, so you got a point there, huh? How do you draw out of the well of salvation with what? Am I going to have to teach that part again? All right. How do you draw out of the well of salvation? With joy. Amen? With joy. Look in John chapter 7. It's very important so that we understand this. You know, I, uh, I kind of like to think of it like this. You know, if, you know if you ever got, anybody ever got caught up in a barbed wire fence before? Uh, I'm, I'm one of those kind of preachers, you know. Uh, a point here and a point there, you know what I mean? You, anyhow, praise the Lord. John chapter 7. So I'll give you a few points here today, and I believe this is going to help you. The Bible says in John chapter 7, verse 37, In the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. Do you notice here it didn't say, let him come unto me and think? That's what a lot of Christians do. They come in here and think instead of come in here and drink. This is a drinking place. Huh? You got to drink it in. You got to receive it. Huh? See, the water, the Bible, the water of the word of God and the salvation of that well, we come in here and we're going to draw out with joy. And the Bible says you do that with praise. Huh? We lift up our voices and we say of the Lord. You see that? And so what we're doing is, is every time you do that, you're drawing something out. And what is it that you, what are you, what are you thirsty for? What do you need? What is it? 
So when you come in the house of God and, and in your time and in, the, in life, see, don't just let this be a church thing. Let this be a life thing. Is learn to, to draw out with joy. You know, the Bible says we come before his presence with thanksgiving. Huh? Come on, we, we, we have gladness. We come into those gates. We come into that place. We come in with gladness and thanksgiving. Sounds a little bit like joy and praise, doesn't it? You know, I know how hard it is sometimes when we're going through trials and tribulations. Do you know the Bible says in the book of James, it says every time you go through tests, you know what it, does, you know what it tells us to do? Count it all joy. Isn't that something? I know that's not easy. I'm human just like you, amen? And there's some really tough tests we go through. But you know, the Bible says that when you're going through a test, you're going to have to start chalking it up in joy. Not that, that, like, you know, I'm liking this real well, you know, okay, I'm just going to say, yeah, this is great, thank you, God. Now, see, that's where we miss it. That's not what he's talking about. He's not saying, thank God for the test. That's not what the Bible says. If you got that kind of doctrine, that's not what the teaching of the Word of God teaches us. What it does teach us is, is that you need to thank God for Jesus Christ, that you have been delivered, and that you have already the victory in this thing before you even began the battle. Because when you go through the battle, and the battle is coming against you, you know, everywhere in the, in the Bible, you know, it doesn't say that, that God told, uh, get all the strong young men and get all of those people that are, are good with swords and stuff and, and take them and put them out front. No, he says, put the praisers out front. Put the, put the people that with the, with the timbrel and harp and the stringed instruments, put them out front. And let, let's go into this battle with praise. So when the, when, the, when the test comes and when the battle comes, we are called to get some joy stirred up. You got to stir something up within you and go, oh, glory to God. Oh, glory to God. Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. Yet, come on, this thing might be trying to slay me. I'm going to praise the Lord. It's a spiritual battle. It's an understanding that everything we face in this life, that you're starting from a point of victory. And that, how do you know you, you're starting that point? Because you're going to try to, you're going to get over into a place of joy. Years ago, my daddy used to tell me, he'd say, well, uh, I just prayed through something. And he used to think, what does that even mean? You prayed through something. Huh? And then one day, uh, I, I experienced it. I learned something. And I was in a, in a, in a time of need, in a time of what I felt was a very desperate thing going on in my life. And I, I've been there more than one time, as anybody can relate to me. Huh? Uh, have you ever done anything, try to do something outside of the box, so to speak, and try to press something forward? It, it happens. Okay? And uh, I, I inquired of the Lord, because that's what the Bible tells us to do. Acknowledge him in all your ways, and he'll direct your steps. We're called to inquire of the Lord. Amen? And that means prayer. That means you're talking to God. You're not complaining to God. You're talking to God. Amen? I said amen? Sometimes it might kind of start out like that, but you got to get over somewhere else so that you can hear God. A man of God told me years ago, he said, uh, you want to hear God, you're going to have to get your joy up. You'll hear him a lot better. Amen? Instead of taking matters in your own hands. You'll get the way. You'll get direction. You'll begin to go, okay, God, I'm going to trust in the Lord with all of my heart. 
I'm leaning not to my own understanding, but I am acknowledging you in all my ways, and you will direct my steps. Proverbs chapter 3. Amen. And so I was uh, in, <clears throat> in a desperate time, and I began to pray. Amen. I said, Amen. Very important that when you're facing trials, you know what you need to do instead of go to internet and go to gossip sessions and calling your friend and all of that kind of stuff. And uh, what do you do? You go to the Lord. I said, you go to the Lord. Let him correct. Let him lead. Let him guide. Let him show you through the Let him help you. Amen. <laughs> Glory to God. So I got on my knees and I was just praying and saying, oh, God. Finally, I said, you know, I know this is going on. I know this, this, and this, and this, and it doesn't look like it's going to happen and all these kind of things, but, oh, God, my trust is in you. I know what you said. I know, I know how you've led. I understand what you're doing I, in some way. I, I can't see it right now, but you know what? Oh, hallelujah. I think I'm just going to get over into a praise session for a moment. Come on. Huh? You got to get over into that praise session. And well, see, I prayed until I got the joy. See, oftentimes we're praying just to a certain point. But if you'll pray through, at the end of that prayer, you'll get into joy. When you get into joy, you got it. Now, faith is a substance of things hoped for. You see, the Bible tells us that hope is the word help us there. It means an expectation associated with pleasure, with joy. So if you still got faith, but you're not got the joy of that yet, well, you're not prayed through it yet. You haven't, you haven't believed it yet fully. You understand what I'm trying to say? So you get to that point that you believe. Now, if you don't believe you're there, well, guess what? You're not there. But if you believe you're there, well, guess what? You're there. Why? Because the Bible says now faith is the substance. All of a sudden, it becomes a substance on the inside, and you go, whoa, I got it. <laughs> ah, woo, glory to God. Amen? The joy. You get over into joy. I said, you'll get over into joy. So well, I don't have that kind of time. Well, okay. <laughs> Think about what you're saying. Well, if God wants me to have it, well, this, that, you don't see that in the Bible. That's just a man-made idea. Amen? See, the good news is the Bible says that we walk by faith and not by sight. It doesn't say, well, God just wants me to have it. No, what does faith do? Faith comes. I want you to look just for a moment. You in John chapter 7, look at verse 37. Jesus said, again, in that day, that last day, I told you a while ago, we read out of Isaiah 12. I'm not going to go to all the details of this. But in this day, this day where Jesus is at a feast, it's called a Feast of Tabernacles. And at the Feast of Tabernacles, I'm going to just kind of give you a, a quick understanding of this feast. In Isaiah chapter 12 the priest would come with a particular type of vessel and he would draw out of a well with that vessel and then he would take it and pour the water upon the altar. And Jesus, in the time of that great day, the eighth day, which is unique, I can, a week have eight days, but there's a reason behind that. And, but Jesus came and he said on that great day, and they call it the great day, uh, on that day Jesus stood aloud when the priest was pouring the water on the altar what happened in Isaiah, and in this time too, with everybody standing around, everybody would shout when the priests begin to pour the water, with joy, we draw out of the well of salvation. That's what they would do. Well, Jesus stands up, and guess what he does? The Bible says, he cried aloud, saying, if any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the scripture hath said. I like that. 
I like that. Verse 38. He that believeth on me, as he feels about it, how, how he sees it. No. He that believeth on me, as so-and-so said. He that believeth on me, as that book I read. He that believeth on me, as that video I saw. Are you with me? He that believeth on me, as the scripture hath said. Glory to God. Jesus said that. Out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. Verse 39. But this spake Jesus, spake he of the spirit, which they that believe on him should receive. How many should receive? Those who believe on him as the scripture has said. Who should receive it? Those that believe on him as the scripture has said. It said, it said which they that believe it, implying that every person should receive. And what did he say there? He said, what will come out of them that receive the Holy Spirit? The Spirit. What does he say will come out of them? Verse 38, out of his belly. Out of his belly. The word belly there is the word for Spirit. That's why we also get the word heart. Out of his belly, out of his belly shall flow, shall flow rivers of living water. That word living there is a very beautiful word actually. And in, in, uh, in the Greek, it, it, what it means by definition it just means like the sound of boiling water. Something will start coming out of your spirit like the sound of boiling water. Anybody ever hear your kettle go off and right, right, right when it's peaking, what does it sound when it starts to boil? What sound does it make? Huh? Yeah. That's what it does. The Bible says it'll make a sound. And when you begin to uh, look at the Bible says, here it says, out of his belly. That word belly is the word spirit there. Out of his belly will flow rivers of living water. And when we begin to understand, Jesus called it rivers. Not just a river, but rivers. You see, that means multiple, more than one. So we have rivers of living water. And that's coming up out of a person. You know, when it talks about in the New Testament scripture, speaking of the Holy Spirit of God, speaking of the baptism of the Holy Ghost, Speaking of praying out of your spirit, Paul said it like this. He says in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, he tells us, he says uh, that in 13, uh, in 14, sorry, uh, 1 Corinthians 14, he says like this. He just said, uh, when you pray in the spirit, he says, when I pray in my spirit, he said, when you pray in the Holy Ghost, your spirit prayeth. Your mind is unfruitful. So when your spirit prays, there's, your mind doesn't comprehend it. Are you hearing me? Now, those who believe Jesus and receive the Holy Spirit as the Bible says, are you hearing me? This is not, I'm not talking about salvation for salvation because he's not talking about salvation here. Now, some people will take that and word uh, understanding of salvation, uh, but it can connect to that. Uh, I know people who, who receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost in salvation as well. And we're talking about not being baptized into the body of Christ. We're talking about, as the scripture has said, speaking of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. 
And that's what he's referring to here. Because the Feast of Tabernacles was a type of that. The Feast of Tabernacles, again, uh, this wasn't the uh, Passover feast, which we understand is the time of the death of Jesus Christ. Are you hearing me? This is where, uh, as believers, as people, that we can uh, be filled, our tabernacle, come on, we're being filled with the Holy Spirit of God. And even the Bible tells us in the book of Ephesians, it says, be not drunk with wine as in his excess, because he's actually referring to, he wasn't trying to say, you know, it's okay. Are you hearing me? What he's trying to say is, is don't lean towards those areas uh, for your, for your self-preservation uh, or, or, or to feel better about life and everything else. Are you hearing me? But he says, but be filled with the Spirit. Are you listening to me? He says, be filled with the Spirit. And when he says be filled there, uh, that term actually means be being filled. You know what that means? That means if you don't continually in the Spirit and you're, you're receiving, because listen, it's not just a one-time thing. Now, there is an evidence that you have received, but it's also telling us that you can dry up if any man thirsts. Come on, we need to be thirsty for the presence of God, for the Holy Spirit of God. And the one way that we do it, the Bible says in the book of Jude, verse 20, it tells us, it says that we building up ourselves on our most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Praying from the Spirit, by the Spirit. That's why Romans chapter 8 talks about it very emphatically. A lot of times uh, we don't connect that area right there, but it tells us that the Spirit helps our infirmities, our weaknesses, so that when we don't know how to pray like we ought to. How many of you have gotten there before? There's a lot of things I don't know how to pray over personally. But you thank God for the Holy Spirit of God because my spirit prays when I pray in the Holy Ghost so that he's making intercession for me. He's praying out, the Bible says, the very perfect will of God, according to Romans chapter 8. That's why it says, and these things work together for good. See, praying in the Spirit is working things together for your good. Even the Bible says, calls it mysteries, that you're praying out divine wisdom, mysteries. Why is it a mystery? Because you don't, you don't understand it in your own head. Because let me just tell you, there's nobody full with the intellect enough to be able to figure out all your own problems that God will, will probably lead you into in times and sometimes you face. But if you'll learn to pray in the Spirit, if you'll learn to exercise that grace that's been given to us by the baptism of the Holy Ghost, which is uh, subsequent to salvation, according to the Scripture. How do I know that? Look by every example you see in the book of Acts and every person that believed upon Jesus and was saved. The apostles, even, even Acts chapter 8, they sent them to Samaria uh, after they had received the word of God, believed upon Jesus and was water baptized that the apostles might go down and lay their hands on it because they had, they had been saved, they believed on Jesus, but yet none of them have yet received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. That's what the Bible says. So they came down there to lay hands on it so they might receive. Amen. I said, amen. Again, we're going to believe on Jesus as the scripture has said, not just by what other people's opinions are. Isn't that good news? That's why the word of God is so important in the life of a believer. That's why churches are called to teach the word of God, to preach the word of God, to bring sound doctrine and understanding in the house of God that we might stand and that we might live that life and overcome. Amen. Glory to God. 
And that's what we endeavor to do as a church. That's why uh, we, are, we, are not, we are called to make disciples. You know, Jesus didn't say, you go make converts and I'll disciple them. He said, no, you go preach the gospel and make disciples, teaching them to observe everything I taught you. That's how he set the church up. That's why he gave different gifts and diversity of gifts and different offices because he never made this thing as, a, as you know, well, here's what I think, here's my Jesus. and No, no, it, we're the body. Isn't that good news? And there is, there is a development, a process of growth and development and an anointing and, and all of the different things that come along with that process to, that we might uh, grow and that we might mature in the understandings of like the doctrines of Christ, the principles of doctrine and other things. It's the foundation of the church of the Lord Jesus Christ and the foundation of what we believe. That's why it's so important to know why you believe what you believe. Is this Okay. Uh, why? Because you can stand strong in the evil day. Because to understand the very armor of God isn't some kind of symbolic thing that you kind of spiritually put on every day. It's a revelation of knowing what you've got, what God has done for you and that you own right now in you and for you. Isn't that good news? Woo! So Jesus said, speaking of the Holy Spirit, I want you to turn real quick John 15. You ready? I just kind of set a precedence real quick. John 15. Look in verse 11. These things I have spoken unto you, Jesus saying, so these things I've spoken unto you, that my joy might remain in you and that your joy might be full. How did Jesus say joy comes? By hearing. Jesus said, these things I've spoken to you, that my joy might remain in you and that your joy might be full. It doesn't come by how you feel. It comes by hearing. It doesn't come by your circumstance and your blessing. It comes by hearing. Joy. Ha, ha, ha. Come on. The joy. Joy, the Bible says, comes by hearing. That's what Jesus said. You know, the Bible tells us, Romans 10, 17, it says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Jesus said, I've spoken these things to you that my joy might remain in you and that your joy might be full. See, there's a connection between faith and joy. You know, and the Holy Spirit. You know, the Bible tells us in the book of Romans, uh, chapter 14, verse 17, uh, it tells us this, speaking of the kingdom of God. Look at Romans 14, 17, just real quick. See, Romans 14, 17 tells us about the kingdom of God. It says, for the kingdom of God is not in eating and drinking. You see that? It's not in the natural thing. It's not just in, in what you are doing naturally. It's not just in what you eat naturally, partake of, and, and that kind of deal. Uh, are you with me right now? It's not just in the fellowship we have with one another. You see that? It says, but in righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. You see that? The kingdom of God. How do you know that this kingdom, is, and we're walking in that place in the light as he's in the light, and we're, we're having fellowship according to that light, according to that area right there in the spirit, and that we're walking in that place? The Bible says, well, righteousness is going to be a key to understanding because how many of you know you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus? I'm not trying to become righteous. I am righteous. I'm not, I'm not a sinner. If you still have a mindset of sinner, you've got a mindset of you need salvation. If you're still in sin, it means because you're walking in the flesh. I was a sinner, but I'm saved. You can't be saved and sinner at the same time. It's an oxymoron. It doesn't exist. Are you hearing me? Now, the Bible says he condemns sin in the flesh. Now, if you walk after the flesh, yeah. 
You can yield your fleshly member up to sin. But when we sin, we're not sinning just against somebody. You're sinning against God. Isn't that something? So when we sin, we're, not just, we're sinning against God. That's why, thank God, thank God for salvation. Thank God for the blood of Jesus. Now, we shouldn't be going around committing sin continually. Amen? That's why we need to understand, first of all, how do you break that hold off your mind and off your life? And if you are uh, yielding to, yielding your member to sin, whenever even the Bible says in Romans chapter 6 that sin has no more dominion over you, that you've been redeemed from the curse of the law. Isn't that good news? If you've been redeemed, you need to say, I have been redeemed. Even in the middle of what your temptation is according to the flesh, because you're learning to bring that flesh under subjection. Because, listen to me, I can't do that for you. Pastor Jake can't do that for you. Uh, you know, nobody, no brother and sister in Christ can do that for you. You can do that for you because you can't cast flesh off. You're not going to cast that flesh off. You're going to put it off one day, glory to God. But you can't get delivered from your flesh. You have to overcome your flesh. Are you hearing me right now? So many people uh, equate a lot of things to the devil whenever you're just walking in the flesh. And if you don't understand what you got right now, you want to understand the righteousness that you walk in and the victory that you have already seated at the right hand of God in Christ Jesus, far above all principality and power, according to Ephesians chapter 2. Amen? But when you begin to understand what you possess right now, you'll begin to go, oh, glory to God. Hallelujah. I am no longer a sinner. I have been saved by grace. I was once a sinner. Hallelujah. But glory to God, I've been washed in the blood. When you're washed in the blood, the Bible says you've been washed white as snow from all unrighteousness, from all unrighteousness. See, religion, the porch-dwelling conversation, y'all remember that message? You haven't, you need to watch it online. Keeps people in that place for their own need. But a truth will get you into the grace and says, whoa, I'm more than a conqueror. I'm an overcomer. What I put my hand to is going to prosper. I'm blessed coming in. I'm blessed going out. I'm blessed in the city. I'm blessed in the field. Why? Because my God has blessed me through the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen. And I have received the Holy Spirit of God. Oh, glory to God. I'm not trying to get him. I got him. Amen. Years ago, uh, one of my, uh, the pastor I got born again under when I was seven years old, baptized in the Holy Ghost when I was nine, he told me this. He said, too many people got the Holy Ghost and not enough people the Holy Ghost has. I said, well, praise the Lord. Amen. It's not just about getting him. It's about him getting you. Have you, have you surrendered? Have you yielded? Are you willing to obey? Are you willing to hear? Are you willing to repent? Are you with me? Are you willing to believe the righteousness that he's given to you in Christ? Not based upon how you feel, based upon what you hear. Jesus said, my joy will remain in you. And your joy will be full by what you hear. That's why faith is so important. That's why understanding the word of God is so important. Because these things, Jesus said, I've spoken unto you that my joy might remain in you. So, this word remains, it just means he's left it there for you. It means to leave. It just means to leave. And what the word of the Lord will cause 
in you is the joy of the Lord to remain in you. See, the word of the Lord, what you know, that's why Jesus said, uh, what you know is very important. What you've heard is very important. Because how you hear and how you get a hold of it, more of that's going to be measured to you. Hmm? You're going to expand your ability to receive. Amen. Hallelujah. You know, Jesus wants his joy to remain in you. When we get out of the word of God or the word of righteousness, then oftentimes that goes. Like let's say, let's say when you begin to, 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 to get out of that place and say, you know, I'm just, I'm, not the right, I'm just an old dog, you know, I'm an old sinner. I just, you know. Well, when you get out of that place, guess what goes? That, that righteousness, consciousness leaves. And the next thing you know, you know what feels it? Condemnation. But there is therefore now no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh but after the spirit. Do you see? You see, uh, if, if, when you get into that place, what's the first thing that goes? Your righteous state, your righteous consciousness of where you are with your walk with God and in your life. But if you'll get over into that place and right in the middle of your whatever you're doing, you just begin to go, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You're going to start finding, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to yield to that. Flesh, you have no dominion over me. I am not a sinner. I am saved by grace. The power of the Holy Spirit lives within me. I am born again. Old things have passed away. All things have become new. I am who God says I am. I am not what I feel. I'm not what my brain tells me. I'm not what some other, somebody else tells me. I know who I am in Christ because Christ liveth in me. I've been crucified. And when flesh starts to rise up, you go, wait a minute, I buried you in the day we water baptized you. Dead men don't talk, so be quiet. Flesh, you, haven't, you can't conquer me. No, no. Are you with me right now? Huh? So Jesus is saying joy comes this way. So when we understand the kingdom of God is in righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost, so joy is in that part too, not just righteousness and not just peace, but joy. Isn't that good news? You know, one of the things about this area here, and I just want you to look real quick how that the Bible says in Romans 15. Look at Romans 15. I'm going to give you a couple more points real quick. Romans 15. So the Bible says that joy comes by hearing. Amen. So when you begin to hear, does this bring joy to you? Think about it. Huh? Yeah. It brings joy to you. And Jesus wants that joy to remain in you. Doesn't want it to leave when you go to the car. Uh, doesn't, want it to, doesn't want it to leave. huh? But let me just say this. It doesn't mean that you're not going to have a fight of faith to believe God. Amen. Are you in Romans 15? Let's look in verse 13. Romans 15, 13. I'm trying to get there. I've got a new Bible here. Romans 15, 13. It says, Now the God of hope fill you with all joy. How? With and peace in what? Believing. So the Bible says, Now the God of hope will fill you with all joy and peace. Where? In believing. In believing. In believing. See, we got to get over in that place. All right, I believe you, God. I'm not going to believe what I see. I'm going to believe what I, what I hear. Faith comes by hearing. I'm going to believe what you said. I'm going to believe what, what the outcome is here because this is what you said. So I'm believing. I'm not going to get out of that place. Glory to God. I, when you get out of place of believing, you know what? Your joy leaves, your peace leaves. Think about it. Huh? Isn't that true? I said, isn't that true? You know, the Bible even goes on to say in Hebrews 10, 31, that uh, the church there, uh, to the Hebrews, he said this in Hebrews 10, 31, he says that you took joyfully the spoiling of your goods. You know, uh, that, that's a very important thing. Uh, uh, is, is that right? 
It doesn't look like it's up there, but it's there. Uh, you'll see it. It's in that same passage of Scripture. I probably just put the wrong, wrong reference there. Uh, but uh, it, does say, it says that you took joyfully the spoiling of your goods. I think it's 1035 maybe. But anyhow, it, no, that's, that's, that's another one. Uh, but you take joyfully the spoiling of your goods. So the Bible says uh, that they took joyfully even the spoiling of the goods because they knew that they have a more enduring substance, that there was something that was beyond this that was a lot better than what's going on right now. Are you with me right now? And that's very important. But I want you to look just real quick with me, if you will, uh, just in Psalms 27. Let's look in Psalms 27. This is a good passage of Scripture. Speaking of joy, speaking of the Holy Spirit of God, Psalms 27, verse 5. Psalms 27. Let's look in verse 5. For in the time of trouble, you know what? There's going to be times of trouble. For in the time of trouble, though, it says, he shall hide me in his pavilion in the secret of his tabernacle. Shall he hide me? He shall set me up, set me up on a rock. You know, one of the things that, that happens when people go through trouble a lot of times, and I've found out just over the years, and it kind of makes me scratch my head, but the Bible says, keep that scripture up, please. The Bible says there, says that in a time of trouble, that he has means for being, talking about the tabernacle, talking about the house of God. You know, oftentimes, though, when people go through things, they say, well, you know, I've, I've had a tough week. I can't come to church. Well, see, that's the place you're supposed to go when you had a tough week. Are you hearing me? Oh, that's been, you don't understand what I've been going through. So that's why, are you, well, praise the Lord. Why is it that one of the first things that we stop doing is assuming ourselves together whenever we're supposed to assemble, present ourselves before God, according to Romans chapter 12, it tells us that we present ourselves before the Lord. And this is what we're doing. Every time we come to the house of God to hear and act for God, because that's what the, the term means, the ecclesia uh, uh, or the kahal, in the Hebrew, uh, it literally means uh, to assemble ourselves together, to present ourselves before the Lord, because we're coming before an, an innumerable company of angels, and we're presenting ourselves before God. We're bringing in our offerings and our tithes of the blessing that He has given to us throughout the week to acknowledge who is our God, and that we're not serving the system of this mammon unto God. I'm talking about because that's what we're doing when we come. We're coming to do those things, and when we do those, we are we're presenting ourselves before the Lord in this place. We're bringing in the praises unto God, no matter the situation, no matter the circumstance. We're offering up what? Sacrifices of praise. But when you draw back from that, you're saying, I'm going to handle this myself. God, thank you very much. Think about it. Should be just the opposite because we're not here for a show. We're not here to, you know, just come in our good days because we want everybody to think we're always good because we're all going to have to go some trouble sometime. But how you go through it often determines the outcome. Amen. So the Bible says here in Psalms 27, look at verse five, or verse 6. It says, and now shall mine head be lifted up above my enemies round about me. Therefore, I will offer in his tabernacle sacrifices of joy. I will sing. Hey. Come on. Jesus, you are good. Oh, I, I've got the victory. When you're not feeling like you got the victory. Whenever you're going through whatever you're going through. It's called sacrifices of joy in the house of God. 
That's why we sing. That's why we praise. Are you with me right now? That's what, Jesus, that's what God likes. He likes that. He likes to know you trust in me. That's what he's saying. You're putting your trust in me and not in yourself. That's why you're doing what you're doing and why you're overcoming the way you overcome. We have to learn to offer up sacrifices of joy in the presence of the church and the house of God unto God. And this moves us from a place of, of victimization to a place of victory. So the Bible says, I will offer up these praises. I will sing, yea, I will sing praises unto the Lord. Isn't that good news? Look in Habakkuk chapter 3. Habakkuk chapter 3. We're talking about the Holy Spirit of God because I'm going to tell you something. The Holy Spirit of God within him, remember we read that a while ago, is righteousness, peace, and joy. Amen? Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Are you Habakkuk? Habakkuk, whatever you want to call it. And uh, it's in the Old Testament. Maybe you're looking it up online. I don't but chapter 3 says it like this. Look at verse 17. Chapter 3, verse 17. Although the fig tree shall not blossom. Now, here's a fellow going through some stuff. Anybody ever gone through some stuff? Here's a fellow going through some stuff. Although the fig tree shall not blossom, neither shall bear fruit uh, in the vine. Uh, the labor of the olive shall fail. The field shall yield no meat. The flock shall be cut off from the fold, and there shall be no herd in the stalls. Man, that guy's going through something. That means everything he's doing just doesn't seem to be working out. Hmm? You ever just feel like, man, nothing's really working out for me? Well, to get from that place to another place, let me give you an understanding how God begins to work and how things begin to happen and how you move from one level in the spirit to the other. You ready? Verse 18, yet. Everybody say yet. yet. No, say it like you mean it. Say yet. Yet, I will rejoice in the Lord. Oh, when everything is going wrong. Huh? When nothing seems to be working out. Yet, I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. See, everybody likes, uh, you know, to sing the song, you know, I will dance like David dance. I will pray. You know, all that kind of stuff. You know, we want to praise like David did. We want to dance like David did. We want to give like David did. But this is how the attitude is. And that means when you're going through whatever you're going through, yet though you slay me, I will rejoice in the Lord. I will never, I, you know, but oftentimes for some people, they'll say, you know what? It's just not working out. I tried that stuff. I'm just going to quit. And I'm just going to say, you know, not me. Uh-uh. I don't believe that stuff. Well, you're not going to see the victory of the Lord that he's promised us because the Bible tells us to count it all joy when you fall into these places. That we receive of God in that way. We draw out of the well with joy. Why? Because we're not putting our trust in man. We're not putting our trust in this world. We're not putting trust in ourselves. No, glory to God. We're putting trust in God. Because he can get us through whatever we're facing. That we can have what he says we can have. We can do what he says we can do. We can be what he says we can be. If we put our hand to, because we meditate on the word, we're putting our hand, what we put our hand to is going to prosper. We're going to have good success, the Bible says. You either believe it or you don't. Come on, but there is joy and peace in believing. Amen? Doesn't mean it always seems to go the same way that you thought it was going to go. But let me just tell you, God might take you, because you're trying to get from A to Z, that's Z for other people watching us. And if you're trying to get from A to Z, A to Z, whatever you want to do there, and you're trying to reach that target, and you're like, well, you know, I don't even want to start because it's too big, it's too much, and I don't want to start at A. I just want to get to Z, right? Uh, you just want to get to the end. Oftentimes, that's what we like to do, but that's not the process. 
And if you want to get to that Z, you're going to have to start at A. And God will get involved with your effort. That's what faith does. Faith has action. Amen? And when you begin to take that step of faith, all of a sudden you go from A to B to C. And don't, get, don't, don't grow weary in well-doing, for in due season you'll reap if you won't faint. Amen? But you just keep walking by faith and not by sight. You keep pressing toward that mark, that thing which God has before you. You keep fighting that fight of faith. You keep rejoicing in the battle. You keep saying, glory to God, I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. I am the head and not the tail. Whatever I put my hand to is going to prosper. I'm going to have good success because I believe in God. I believe what his word says. I believe that I am who God says I am. I can do all things. Not just some things, not just things I'm qualified for, but I have all things. I always tell my kids, there's nothing you can't learn, there's nothing you can't be. Why? Because you can learn anything that anybody else has learned. You can do anything else anybody else has done. Don't put no limit on you based upon some kind of feeling, some kind of thought in your own personal mind, some kind of something else somebody put on you. No, you're not who they say you are. You are who God says you are. And if you can do, if, if the Bible says you can do all things, and guess what? You can do all things. Yeah. Are you with me right now? Well, you know, the bank says I can't have that loan. But you can do all things. You might not be going through that bank. Are you with me? Well, they said it doesn't work like that. Uh, nobody's ever done that before. Well, you just might set precedence. Are you with me right now? I'm too old. I'm too ugly. I'm too whatever. I'm too th- whatever. Huh? Listen, what, what excuse are we going to say? Or are we going to say, no, I'm going to put my trust in the Lord? I'm going to rejoice in the God of my salvation. He has called me. He has set me. He has appointed me. I can do it. And whatever I do, I know glory to God. I'm going to get involved. I'm going to know the will of God. I'm going to walk in that will. And I know God is with me. No matter what I face, I'll walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I will fear no evil. My God is with me. Are you with me right now? Why? See, we've got to stir up the joy. Even in the midst of the evil, even in the midst of the battle, even in the midst of not feeling it, even in the midst of other things. Why? Because that's what the Bible teaches us to do. Why? Because joy is going to come by hearing, just like faith is going to come by. You're going to receive it. You're going to know it. And as one of the things when you pray, you'll get that breakthrough. Also, the joy of the Lord just kind of gets there, and you go, yep, okay, I got it. Hallelujah. Amen? So the Bible says, this guy went through all of that, yet. Come on, you got to get a yet in there in your life. I'm going to close with this scripture, Jeremiah 33. Jeremiah 33. Oh, hallelujah. Come on. The joy of the Lord is our strength. Amen. Come on. We're going to draw out of that well. We have to draw out of that well of salvation. That's why it's so important to understand salvation. Salvation isn't trying to get you someplace. Salvation has got you someplace. The Bible says you've been translated out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son. Don't make and take anything lesser than that. Don't let people draw you back into the place that you were delivered from. Are you hearing me? You've been delivered. I'm not trying to get delivered. I am free. He who the Son sets free is free indeed. Why? Because you know the truth. The truth of the righteousness, the truth of the salvation, the truth of the power of God when he raised Christ from the dead and he broke every chain and took the keys of hell and all of the darkness that was over you has been broken. You are no longer under that chain. You're no longer under that dark cloud. If there's a dark cloud, it's in there because it's in your mind. Are you with me? It's because how you think about it. But you need to begin to think according to what God says. You need to begin to get free according to the truth because it is the truth that sets you free. That's what Jesus said. 
Are you hearing me right now? But you got to be willing to say, God, I give you my life. I'll give you my life. Not just a bit of it that I'm willing to, to give and still have control. No, God, I'm going to give you my whole life. I surrender my life. Not just a little bit, not here and there where, where it suits me, where I want you to work. No. I trust you. I trust you. Thank you for listening to today. If you are wanting more of these timely messages and teachings, go to our website at Pursuit Church Mornington to find all the other ways you can access Pursuit Church ministry and messages.